Hi everyone. In this episode of the Lager Mind podcast, we spoke to George Bell from Sanctus. George spoke to us really openly and honestly about his mental health and how he got through some tough times. After that, we spoke about his experience with Sanctus, who are looking to open the world's first mental health gym. If you enjoy our chat with George, please give us a rating and a review on iTunes and check out Sanctus and their work. Enjoy the episode. Hi George, how are you? Hey Harry, great, thanks. How about yourself? Yeah, I'm very well, thanks. Um, so can you start by just talking us through what your kind of prefer- personal and professional experiences around mental health are? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So I guess to start personal, um, mental health didn't really mean anything to me when I was I was younger. Uh, I knew that I had physical health, but I didn't know that I had mental health. I thought that if you have mental health, then it meant that you, you must have a mental health issue. And I guess I always just thought I was like too happy to be to, to have a mental health issue. Um, so when I did start suffering from depression and anxiety in my final year of university, which was in 2014, I didn't really know how to, to handle that or, or what was going on. And I guess I didn't know how to talk about it. And I didn't, I didn't want to talk about it because I was worried that people were going to think I was, I don't know, like a bit weird or, or not a real man or, or weak or whatever we, we kind of tell ourselves. So I just avoided mental health completely and, and my mental health issues. And I just focused on, on my degree. Um, I graduated 10 months later and I came out into a, a sales job up in London, which yeah, probably wasn't like the best environment for what was going through my head at the time. But I actually did really well in in this job and I, I had the highest sales figures and I was winning awards and being featured in national magazines and all of that meant I could kind of put up this real front and, and, and this mask of how amazing I was doing. And obviously that's the only side people saw of me. So they were like, Wow, you're you're absolutely killing it you're smashing it and I kind of lived lived that lie um but yeah in, in reality I, I was really struggling and I was just like hiding behind a fake smile out on the office floor and crying in the toilets every day which obviously just isn't sustainable at all and you know eventually something was gonna gonna give way and it, it was kind of my mind that just sort of broke is is the best way I could describe it um and at that point I had to, to quit the job and then I became super depressed and, and I had trouble eating and sleeping and showering. And then I had trouble remembering my own name or, or recognizing my parents. And and then I became like quite suicidal, which is obviously a, a massive challenge. Um, and yeah, it was obviously a difficult period of my life, but it, it was that period that really kind of prompted me to, to open up and to get help and to start speaking to, to family and friends and therapists. And yeah, it was, it was quite a long, long road to recovery, but I, I, I did get there and I think it had been such a long road with a lot of kind of misinformation along the way and, and not knowing where to turn that really got me into the mental health space. So it's it's now something I'm into professionally as well, which I'm sure we'll come on to. But yeah, in short, I work uh, in business development at a mental health startup called Sanctus. I think we're a pretty similar age and have a pretty similar experience in that before I had my own issues, I didn't really think ever really think about mental health I'd never really come across anyone that was particularly suffering from from it and and I just kind of assumed that I'd always be that I'd always be okay and then it kind of hit you or hit me like a train um mm. 
And what 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 kind of what did the support at the university look like, or or did you not were you not able to access it? I to be honest, I don't know what it looked like because I never really sought it out. I I didn't I didn't acknowledge to myself that I had a real problem. Uh, looking back, I clearly had depression and anxiety, but it wasn't until eleven months after I, it first started, so once I'd already left uni, that I finally went to the doctor and he told me that's what I had and I actually internalized it. So at uni I just told myself I feel a bit weird I'm just I'm out partying too much I'm drinking too much I'm working too hard and that's what I told myself so it's it's a shame that I I never even even looked at what support was on offer there yeah I think that's quite a a normal a normal thing to not really realize that you're going through something and that you kind of think um, especially in your final year at university everyone else must be going through you know the same thing with work having to balance work and social life and stuff um, and when so did it get better for a while once you moved out of university or did it kind of continue? No, it was it, it was just like a, I guess it was like a gradual decline to be honest. But I I was completely ignoring it, completely ignoring mental health, and and I was I was always focused on something. So at university I was focused on on my degree and and socialising. Then when I came out and I had the sales job, I was focused on on the job and doing well there. But I think when it, it got to a point that I, I actually did have to quit, um, the, re- the reason I quit was I told my, my boss what I was what I was going through and um, he wasn't very supportive at all. So I had to had to quit because of that. It wasn't because of like um, being de- debilitated at first. But then once I quit and I had nothing to focus on anymore, I didn't have uni or, or degree or work. I just had nothing. Then I think it, everything really set in and and I just sort of shut down and realized that I'd actually been just going and going and going, like running really, really fast for months when actually I'd been declining. And the second I'd taken a step back to breathe, my brain was like, right, like this is it. Like you're, you're shutting down now. That's quite classic, that kind of rumination phase. Because I am, um, when I finished university, I didn't feel like I could go straight into work because because um, I wasn't particularly well. And then being at home kind of, without that stimulation just leads you to kind of ruminate the whole time and you're just going over those thoughts over and over again um but it's quite a hard place to be because you you kind of feel like you know you need to be doing something but you just don't feel able to so how did how did you go about getting um getting better i suppose yeah it is it's such a challenge because like whenever you have a problem in life you you obviously like tackle it logically with with your brain but with with mental health issues that the one thing you need to kind of tackle it logically your brain isn't working properly so obviously you're you're just stuck in this horrendous kind of spiral um but it it was kind of a an intervention really of my my former girlfriend at the time um she was the only person knew what i was going through and i'd sworn her to secrecy and eventually like she was going away like for for a long time so she she knew she wasn't going to be around anymore so she told my parents what was going on, who, who kind of made me go to the doctors. Um, and that was sort of the, the first step. And then once I did quit the job and I had that sort of the first month after when my brain just shut down, I didn't really do anything in, in that month. I just, I don't think I left the house or, or anything. Um, but I guess I had this realization that I needed to, to, to do something. I need to talk to someone. And, and my parents knew of a family friend who had been through something very, very similar and they'd been asking me for a while to go and meet with him. And I, I you know, I'm sure I didn't want to, I didn't want anyone to know, but I think at, at that point after that month, I was like, 
I'm not getting any better. I, I need to do something different to what I'm currently doing, whatever that might be. So I went and had this this conversation with this family friend. And yeah, it, it, that was amazing, to be honest, because up until that point, I'd only spoken to for doctors, really, and like a couple of therapists, which obviously can help, but it can be quite clinical or, or maybe you can't relate to it so much or you don't know the person or there's you know, they have to act in a certain way around you. But this family friend who was someone I actually looked up to quite a lot and, and he was a successful businessman and just said to me, yeah, I've been through the same thing. I've been depressed. I've been suicidal. And I think that blew me away because I was like, I was like, wait, you've, you've had mental health issues, but you're successful. And he was just like, you don't having mental health issues doesn't, um, isn't a barrier to being successful like in, in many ways it can make you more successful because you become more empathetic and you treat people better and I, that was just that was game changing for me that moment I realized actually it was possible and then then I really started to go to doctors more I found a therapist I liked I started to do exercise I started to meditate I was eating healthy I, I cut out caffeine and alcohol for a while um, so I think just that first initial conversation was really the sort of catalyst to me knowing that I could get better yeah that's really really good um so the things the kind of practical things that you did to get better were um exercise meditation and, and kind of healthy eating then. yeah it, it was it was kind of like a, a few pronged approach I guess but obviously quit, quitting the job was was a big thing in that it allowed me more time to um kind of take stock of myself which I know not everyone can do but I, after I, I took a part-time job so I was still working three days a week but I had those extra couple of days a week to I just to kind of like focus on myself um and then yeah it was the exercise meditation eating healthy um no alcohol I was journaling um I was talking to people to, to some degree um like family and friends just sort of checking in with them um I was going to to therapy so I had CBT which was, was really really helpful for me um yeah, so it was it was kind of like a few a few things which I, I think acted together as like a, a nice sort of yeah mixture of ingredients. Yeah, I like that. That's a nice kind of holistic approach to it, which is, I think when when someone tells you that you know one thing is going to be your cure all, you know, say uh, CBT is going to completely cure you of your depression or your anxiety, or meditation is going to do going to do that for you. I think it's much better to come to come at it from a kind of holistic point of view. So similar to you, um, I had a psychologist, um, meditation, cognitive behavioural therapy, um, and exercise as well. I think was a really big thing um, yep. to help me to help me get better or start to get better. Yeah, and I think you know it, we live in like quite a noisy world, and there's a lot of information out there. And you know, when you are ill. It, it can be stressful because you there's so much out there that you you know do I go for CBT or, or do I go for hypnotherapy or do I meditate 10 minutes a day or 20 minutes a day and I think it can be really really overwhelming even when you're actually in a, in a good state of mental health when you're when you're ill and you, and you need support it's super super overwhelming and I think my, my biggest advice to anyone now is just to find what works for you those, those kind of um, holistic ingredients I just listed off work for me but it won't work for other people and, and that's okay I, you know people that listen to this don't need to think oh, i need to do that to get better uh, i think people just need to find their best sort of concoction and i mean even now i i, I don't meditate now because I, I personally don't don't like it that much but I, I know it's got incredible benefits and really works for some people but it's not something i do and i don't let the the pressure of 
you need to meditate 10 minutes a day get to me so as long as people find what works for them basically yeah so did i think that's really brilliant advice but did you find anything that didn't work for you yeah so i i went through the last therapist I saw was the seventh therapist. So I went through six therapists before. Um, I tried hypnotherapy at first, which di- didn't didn't work for me at all. Um, again, I, you know, I've read stories that some people have found it quite beneficial, but just just for me personally, it it, it didn't. Um, I tried more sort of traditional psychotherapy, so you know, um, therapy that kind of I guess looked back to your past a, a bit more, which again I know has helped people, but it's it's not how my my brain works. I'm someone that is much more practically minded. I need to to know what's happening now and look forward. So that's why CBT really worked for me because it's a lot a lot more about you know what is happening now and where can we get you to. Um, I tried a therapy called EMDR. It's a kind of eye movement therapy, which yeah that that didn't seem to work for me um and I'm, I'm trying to go through in my head now because it was so long ago and such a hazy period um but i think those those are the main things that definitely didn't work for me yeah and did you ever consider medication or was that not something that was that was on your mind of course i didn't even think of that actually yeah so i i was on antidepressants um for two months and yeah again i just didn't i didn't like them i felt that they made me really quite emotionally flat so i felt that the the depression to a degree was lessened but there was i just felt like i had no emotion anymore i remember just watching news reports of like terrorist attacks and just not it not doing anything to me and not feeling anything about it and just i just felt completely emotionally numb and i really really didn't like that feeling it was it was like a ghost-like feeling and i i just remember thinking to myself that i don't i don't want to get over my depression at any cost like by stripping all the emotion away and 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 yeah so i i basically called my doctor and was like look i i need to come off these and and they sort of said look you know does the depression feel feel less and i was like yeah it does and they were like well it's obviously working so we, we advise you to stay on and i was like look i'm i'm coming off like either either with you telling me or, or not so you better just tell me how to do it um and in the end i'm i'm grateful that i did that but again i know people that are on antidepressants um and absolutely swear by them so so that's not advice for what people should or shouldn't do it's just again i checked in with myself of, of what was working for me and i knew that wasn't right for me i think that's a big a big issue with antidepressants is that it kind of i think i could this could be completely wrong but i think the way they work is they kind of numb the lows which is obviously good for your depression but you i think you can't really get um get to the highs of you know living a brilliant life um and I've, I personally, I found them really helpful. Um, but I think you have to find the right one. Um, and yeah, you have to, you know, not all of them work for all people. So it's again, going back to that kind of holistic approach that we were talking about. Yeah. And I think I just also, before we move on, I, I think also that often, not always, but often antidepressants aren't, they don't, they don't treat the root cause they they are more like a, a sort of band-aid and they they are incredibly helpful and, and can be very life-saving but there's often things going on below the surface that, that people need to, to work on so they need to work on themselves or work on some sort of life change or something in their environment um which antidepressants don't don't fix so 
I think that's always my advice to people is if you are on antidepressants, also look at what else is going on, what is really happening below the surface. So, so true. I think that, um, yeah, like you said, they, they kind of tackle the symptoms rather than the causes. Um, and from, from a personal perspective, um, what they allowed me to do was to do the CBT, to do the exercise, to do the kind of meditation, which kind of tackled the root causes of it. Um, but what, what the antidepressants allowed me to do was to do those better. Um, but yeah, I completely agree that they kind of tackle the, the, the symptoms rather than the causes. So yeah, let's move on to your work with, with Sanctus. Um, so it aims to be the kind of world's first mental health gym. Can you just take us through what that kind of entails, uh, how you're doing this? And I suppose we've already touched on it, but why, why it's particularly important to you? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So yeah, we, we're on a mission to change the perceptions of, of mental health and to get people working on their mental health just like they do their, their physical health. Um, we, we basically see that so much of the language at the moment is focused on the one in four that will have a mental health issue, which is and will always be such an important stat. But we, we kind of ask, why do we not talk about the four in four and the fact that every single person has mental health? It's just a spectrum, and at any one time, there will be one in four people struggling, but there will be three in four people that still have mental health and should still be working on it. And we kind of ask, you know, why is there not mental health and fitness, and why is there not a Nike or an Adidas of, of mental health? Um, so our kind of long-term vision is to open mental health gyms on the high street. But what we can do at the moment is create a version of the gym within the workplace. And this takes the form of one-to-one coaching. So we offer all individuals within a business a one-to-one coaching space. Um, It's completely free from the business. We don't feed anything back to the business. We're not there to increase staff retention or or reduce sick days. We're there to give people a space to talk about whatever's on their mind, good good or bad, big or small, personal or professional. Uh, We just want them to use it as like a a mental health workout with a personal trainer for the mind basically yeah that's great um and what kind of reaction have you had from businesses yeah it's been it's been amazing actually I, i think by by talking about mental health in a different way so we don't just talk about it as this sort of scary darkness and depression which is obviously one part of it but by making it more inclusive and talking about it more proactively and and positively that's something that everyone can get behind and, and business can, businesses can get behind and I think they're more comfortable with bringing that in into the workplace when it's an all-inclusive thing rather than when it's solely focused on on the dark side I think a lot of businesses are still quite scared to introduce that that topic um, and yeah I mean we're, we're still quite young and, and we only work with about 50 businesses at the moment which is amazing but there's like 300,000 businesses in, in the UK and, and obviously more globally so we've still got a long way to go and there's still a lot of businesses who are quite far behind in, in their conversation with mental health, but we've seen that, that, that there is appetite for, for this kind of thing. We work with, you know, small hip trendy startups. We also work with global businesses like, like just eat. So it's not just the, the cool startups that are doing it, but it's actually the more corporate businesses as well. That's really cool. So it's the way I kind of, uh, interpret what you're saying is looking at mental health as a kind of spectrum so everyone has it um, some people it just might be fine for them and some people it's um, 
it might be an issue, but everybody has to kind of safeguard it. Yeah, I think just like we do our physical health, you know, if, if we have an issue with our physical health, we, we go to the doctor. But then there's people who are going to the gym every single day to, to work on their physical health, even though they're already really fit, they're in good shape, they've got no physical health problems. They want to get fitter and they want to want to keep working on themselves. And, and we say, why not do the same with your with your mental health? There's always some way you, you can better yourself. It doesn't mean that you need fixing, but maybe you want to get more confident or you want to get better at public speaking or you want to celebrate your relationship or go for a promotion or, or whatever it might be. That There's always ways that you can work on yourself, work on your mental health and, and kind of get mentally fitter. Yeah, that's really great. Um, and why, why do you think businesses are now starting to... Um, starting to become interested in their employees' mental health and why, and if they're not interested in it, why do you think they should? Yeah, I think the the conversation is obviously changing a, a lot now. Mental health is is very present in the everyday conversation. And there's a few businesses who are starting to think more about mental health because they, they get it and, and they care on, a, on an emotional level. But I think most businesses are, are actually waking up to the numbers and the stats around how many days are lost every year to, to mental health problems, um, the reduced productivity levels, depression rates. I think that's the language that most businesses speak and, and that's what they're seeing and they're realising that investing in mental health will actually boost their business and, and boost their bottom line. Um, that's obviously not... I'd rather they came, for it, came at it from more of a, an empathetic point of view, but I understand that sort of the language they, they talk in. and. Yeah, I guess that's that's there's sort of two reasons why they should, should invest in mental health. And the first is because of those those stats. You know, if you want to increase your bottom line and increase retention and boost morale, then then investing in mental health is is important. But I think you know more importantly, they should invest in it from from a moral point of view. It it just is simply the right thing to do. And if they require their staff to spend you know the majority of their their waking hours and energy at the business growing the business away from their loved ones then i think really they do have a duty to, to support people along that journey i don't think that it is a business's responsibility to look after the mental health of an employee i think that is down to each individual to look after their own mental health but i do think a business has a duty to create an environment and a culture where mental health is supported and employees can talk about it openly and, and they can work on it if, if they want to yeah that's interesting and a lot of my friends have gone into or a lot of people my age have gone into kind of um, big financial companies and the kind of atmosphere in those companies seems to be not particularly conducive to to one's mental health so kind of very long hours uh, very competitive um, lots of pressure you know that some of them you're not allowed to take holiday at certain points of the year um do you think those companies can um would benefit from something like sanctus or do you think that actually maybe it needs to be a um a change in the way they operate i think there's probably a bit from both sides i i think to some degree some of these industries do need to adapt and change i, I think some are quite archaic and 
and they probably do need to modernize yeah to, to a degree but then there will always be some industries that just are more high pressure more stressful than others um like the financial industry or i'm thinking like agencies like recruitment agencies ad agencies they are more demanding and and i think then to some degree people that go and work in those sectors do know what they're getting in for and and have to accept that to some degree but then it it really is on the business to create an environment around that where people can support and work on the mental health so maybe they are in a high pressure job but they do have bits in the business where they can go and and support themselves maybe it's sanctus maybe it's something else maybe it's meditation or mindfulness or therapy or running groups or there's there's a whole host of businesses things can do that that some some for free or or quite cheap um that they they can use to help support employees yeah um and just to start wrapping things up how how do you personally look after your mental health now yeah so i I like to, to chill a lot. Like I take a lot of time just on, on my own. I don't, if I, if I'm busy every day of the week, it just stresses me out completely. So I take a lot of time on my own. Um, not doing a huge amount to be honest, probably just, I probably just got Netflix on or something. Um, but I make sure I, I rec- exercise regularly. Um, I see mates when, when I can. I think that's, that's something I like doing is, is socializing. Um, and then we, we use our own coaching product once a month here at Sanctus. So I have, coaching once a month which is really really helpful for me um so yeah I, to be honest I don't do like a, a huge program of things I just I just know that that that's enough for me I sort of check in with myself and know that that's what I need so as we sort of said said earlier just you know to anyone else make sure you kind of check in and, and see what you need you, you might need more than that or, or you might need less than that yeah do you find it almost cathartic working in the mental health sector do you find it it's good for your own kind of mental health yeah i think it it it, it can be both to be honest it it's incredibly rewarding um, we're doing something that that we love and we've got almost a thousand people a month seeing a sanctus coach so to know that we're helping that number of people and, and to get their their feedback about how it can sometimes be life-changing is is obviously just incredible and and i look forward to to going into work every day um but then obviously it it can be difficult working mental health sometimes you know we we're in contact with with mental health a lot and we talk about mental health a lot and you know we hear stories that that are you know uh, quite can be quite emotional um i'm thinking of like the the recent suicide of, of mike from from love island um, we've had to talk about that and, and do some some content on it. So you, you're quite you have to get quite stuck into to maybe the darker side sometimes. Um, but overall, I I personally find it really really rewarding. Great. Um, and just to wrap things up, how can we find out more about the work you do personally and and Sanctus? And if there's any kind of businesses listening, how can they how can they find out more about Sanctus? Yeah, sure. So. Um, I guess to, to get in contact with me, just just hit hit me up on LinkedIn. Um, my name's George Bell on from Sanctus, um, and then yeah, or if not, you can visit our website at sanctus.io. Brilliant, George. Thank you for being so open and honest and being a great guest. Awesome. Thanks for having me, Harry.
Hi everyone, really hope you enjoyed the episode. Just a quick reminder to say that although we may have found the things that we talked about with George useful, we're not trained health professionals. If you're struggling with your mental health, contact your local GP or NHS service or call a charity like Mind on 0300 123 3393.